0: This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Human is the exception. Doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, and is a saint. The rest of them, yeah. Pardon my French, fuck those fuckers.
1: And welcome to the Girls on the Boys, a podcast dedicated to analyzing the Amazon series, The Boys and Masculinity Itself Through a Feminine Lens. Still trying to work on that tagline, but we're going to get there. (laughs) I am Jen Adams. (laughs) And I am Rachel Reeves. (laughs) And we are talking about one of my favorite episodes today. I have been waiting to talk about this. Since I saw it for the first time, because I just have so many feelings about this episode. I'm so excited. Today's episode is Season 1, Episode 5, Good for the
0: Soul. Yeah, yeah this was a roller coaster and like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like a lot more emotional than I thought it was going to be. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to just get in all of the feels with you. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I feel like this is one of the episodes where like it kind of steps into a new level for me. And I'm like, oh no, this show is, it's not just good because I'm enjoying it, but it like, it means something to me too, you know? And I've seen it now probably like five times at this point. So I'm curious to hear about like the roller, because it doesn't feel like a roller coaster to me anymore because I know what's happening. So Mm -hmm. I'm just, Mm -hmm. I'm really curious to hear your responses to some of the things because a lot of shit goes down in this episode, you know? Yeah. Um, but before we get to this episode, let's check in with Huey Cutie and the news and see what is going on about season four.
0: Yeah, so we have um maybe not some updates about season four, but just some updates into the the boys' universe. So at the Critics Choice Awards on March 16th, 2023, it definitely took home some prizes. So Ooh. our boy Homelander Anthony Starr won <sighs> Best best villain in a series you know Ooh. not really shocking because he's amazing mm-hmm. um and also one best actor in a superhero series oh and- wow yeah i did not realize there were like specific like superhero series categories <laughs> right <I> that guess- <laughs> there's
1: enough to fill out a whole category i mean i guess the cw exists so uh, yeah i, I think that's just
0: Yeah, that's just where we're at. We got Marvel stuff, Disney stuff. I don't know if Star Wars stuff counts in there, but anyways, he took home those two, and then the show itself also won Best Superhero Series. Uh, So yeah, go boys! And nice. uh, There's a video of um, Homelander. That's you know, Homelander is a real person, Uh, accepting Mm -hmm. you know the award virtually and. It was the first time I heard his real accent, and I think I admire him even more because it's like, dang, you did a pretty good job covering up that accent. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, breaking news, he also won Best Dreamboat um, <laughs> of My Heart Award. <laughs> I just have a huge crush on him, and I think this is a great episode like for, that new- for us to share that news, too, because I think he's just great in this episode, and I was watching it last night with Corey and you know the part where he's floating over the audience yeah i was like what a fun role to play like this is just every actor's dream you know you get to be super mean and evil but also like
0: do all this cool stuff you get to fly like Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna look at him the same after this episode though so uh. oh yeah
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i forgot about that thing that happens at the very end (laughs) Yeah, man, there, there's this episode takes up twists and turns. Um, well, congratulations to the boys. I think um, we both agree that is very well deserved. And yep. um, I'm very proud of proud of my boys. Still shocked that there is enough for superhero series to be a whole category. Whole category. Like not even superhero movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I guess that's where that's where we are. You know, it's yep. we're living in Vought's world. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about this episode because I, Lord knows, Lord knows I've built it up enough. Um, so this is, this is good for the soul. And our description is the boys head to the Believe Expo to follow a promising lead in their ongoing war against the soups. There might, might be a homicidal infant, but you'll have to see for yourself. So... And just like, that's
0: just one of the crazy things I, that happens in this yeah, episode, too. Yeah, just, just for a second, just one of many. And mm. uh, so this episode was directed by uh, Stefan Schwartz, uh, who is a English and Canadian director who is not surprisingly quite familiar with the TV world. Uh, Some of his previous projects include Nosferatu, The Americans, Black Sails, Dexter, Walking Dead, and he did a bunch of the episodes of The Walking Dead spin of fear, The Walking Dead. And, you know, it's just, as we're getting into these, it's just interesting to see all these directors who have these, like, pretty prolific careers in television and, like, really good shows and like, no offense to any of them, like they're all fabulous. But like I haven't heard of any of them. And it's just, I don't know. <laughs> cool <laughs> mm. to see that like you can have an amazing, awesome career just bouncing around to all these shows. And so that that's your career. And I just think that's really kind of fun and cool. Yeah. It's just like killing it
1: too. Like this is an incredible episode. Yeah. And I mean, I love the Americans. Did you watch The Americans? I haven't, but I've heard like
0: nothing but good things about it so
1: it's so good and I personally think it has the best series finale that I've ever seen oh my god some of the best needle drops too oh it's so good
0: yeah you know eventually Um, I'm just gonna you know be able to just not work and just (laughs) watch a bunch of tv shows and like movies will just slow down and it'll be it'll have time but hopefully someday get around to
1: (laughs) that's how i feel about the sopranos too like it's someday i'm gonna watch that and the wire and better call Saul. but like these aren't like background shows you know that i can watch while i'm doing other stuff and not paying attention but um, yeah i'm a big fan of the americans and dexter too um and have not seen any of the other ones but i've heard they're good
0: I mean, if you're not into Walking Dead, like, don't, don't start. Like, it's (laughs) a journey. And the only way you're going to get through it is if you've, like, already invested so much time that you, like, have to finish it. But, Mm -hmm. like, I would not say that's, it's too much. It's too long.
1: You know, that's exactly my uh, endorsement of um, Sounds of Anarchy, too. Mm -hmm. Like, if you haven't started, don't worry about it. But if you get in, you got to finish the whole
0: thing. Yeah, and my husband has watched that, like, (laughs) that whole series, like, probably three times at least
1: wow man that's a brutal
0: series (laughs) that's like me watching chernobyl over and over and over again yeah like he'll be like what should i should i watch game of thrones again or should i watch sons of anarchy and i'm just (laughs) like what are you doing no like oh man and it's funny i keep telling him "I'm like watch The sopranos and he's like no i don't know it's like, okay yeah. fine just watch sons of anarchy again. just watch the thing you know that's that's me i'm like should i watch something new or should
1: i watch the thing that i know and yeah a lot of times it's the thing i know that's why i've watched urban legend like 50 billion times yeah but also because it's an amazing movie but all right about this episode because <laughs> i could talk about the movies i watch on repeat forever but um, all right. So let's go to sup with the soups, which is our recaps. And Rachel is telling you off air, I actually fell asleep when I was writing this tonight. So thank you so much for um, for writing our recap. Could you remind us what was happening with our superheroes when we last left them?
0: Sure. Yes. Yeah. So when we left last left our boys. Uh, things got a little messy for them when they discovered and freed a mysterious female trapped mm. at A-Train's little drug den. <laughs> and, drug and noodles den. Yes, drug and noodles den. And so they let her go, um, kind of accidentally, not really accidentally, and then they had to track her down. So while tracking her down... There's some tension between Frenchie and M.M., but thankfully Butcher was able to keep the team together thanks to a powerful speech about (laughs) the Spice Girls. Nice. Yep. A little awkward, but it worked and it got the job Mm. done. So, um, And then Huey is continuing to struggle with his guilt and evolving feelings for Starlight and how that's kind of causing him some internal conflict. And we see him make some not so great decisions that definitely warrant like a good scathing side eye. Like, dude, mm-hmm. what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Mave and Homelander attempt to save a hijacked plane, but then uh, decide to down it instead with the entire, uh, all the passengers aboard. After Homelander kind of carelessly, carelessly throws his laser eyes about. And understandably, Maeve does not handle being put into that position well, as one would. Uh, A-Train knows the heat is on him, thanks to uh, Pop Claws telling the boys what's going on with the V. Mm -hmm. And he does his best to squash it before Homelander finds out, but does so to mixed results. And then, yeah, we see the deep going rogue and killing a dolphin like the idiot he is. (laughs) Truly an idiot move. And it's just hilarious.
1: What a loser. I know, man. Oh, he's so dreamy, but man. I was going to say, a beautiful. Just an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, like he's like, when I think of a himbo, like I think Mm -hmm. of the deep, you know? Yep. All right. Well, speaking of the deep, let's move into bad boys, which is when we talk about the villains of the show. And I said, speaking of the deep, but let's actually start with A-Train. I kind of put these in order of when they fall in the episode, but we can bounce around a little bit if we like. But so we start with A-Train. We start with this really tender scene between him and Popclaw, who is hiding out in Havana. I believe it's Havana. And talking about his first date. And one thing I thought was mm-hmm. really interesting is he's talking about what made him fell in love with her is that she was like living life. And he yeah. says she's not afraid to be happy. And I was like, oh, you're afraid to be happy because yeah. of who you are with Vought, you know, and the stakes attached to what being yourself means. And so... Uh, she and oh man he pisses me off in this scene so t- yeah how are you
0: feeling about a train not this week? good not good <laughs> like it's like one of those scenes where you're like no he's not mm. like he's not gonna do this like right no that's mm-hmm. not what's gonna happen and like so i knew i felt like i knew it was coming mm-hmm. but i really wanted to be wrong and and then that's it he he kills her and uh-huh. it's so sad it's like worse i think because you know just like the fact that he basically makes her od is just like really mm-hmm. sad to me because then like not only does he kill her but like that's going to be what people know about her and like how mm-hmm. she died and that's just like ugh, even i don't know even worse in a way because it just like completely destroys her legacy or memory because people are just going to be like Oh, she was a superhero and then she just like did a bunch of drugs and OD'd and that's really sad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She's going to be like an e true Hollywood story type thing, you know, which is just, and there's just so much more to her. And I mean, you know, she has struggled with addiction. So that is something to talk about, but she was, as far as we know, she was beating it or she was doing better and that's not how she died. And I think the thing that really broke my heart for her was like, he manipulates her, into telling him about the blackmail by giving her the one thing that he knows she wants most of all. He's like, Stillwell said we can go public, like mm-hmm. we are gonna be for real. But you have to do this one thing, and that I really mm-hmm. think that's the only way she would have told him because if she
0: she wasn't she hadn't told him yet, you know. Yeah. Well, she yeah, it's like she wanted to, but right, she was obviously in a bit of a, a corner with that, and then. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, not good. And then, we, you know, we do see him a little bit sad about it. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, we also find out that he's been, like, you know, you, nanny camming her. Yes. <laughs> so it's just, like, I'm consistently back and forth with him. It's, like, <laughs> like one step forward, two steps back, and mm-hmm. it's ironic that I am feel like I'm going nowhere with him when he's, like, the world's fastest man. And, like, yeah, I just, like, at a standstill with how I feel about him because (laughs) so it's like a very odd character I don't know I don't like him I don't hate him but I don't like him right now
1: yeah and it's like I was listening to this podcast the other day and they were talking about the Westboro Baptist Church and we're like we can we can hate people and still like understand that they are human and that they do have emotions and that doesn't mean anything they do is okay and i'm not comparing a train to the westboro baptist church because no one is that evil but um i'm sure there probably are people that are that evil but it would take a lot but like that's the thing about a train is it's like it would be easy to blame a lot of what he does on Vought and his Mm -hmm. position and his insecurity but like There's no reason for him to nanny cam her other than just being a creep. And in fact, it's probably worse for him. Like it's a dangerous thing because if anybody ever got a hold of that camera, like there's now a sex tape out on him. And so the only reason he's doing this is one to perv, just be a perv and watch her, like make porn without her knowledge. Or to see what she's doing when he's not
0: there, you know? And it's something that we see a few times here and I think we'll probably see more is just like it's just really sad that these soups much, you know, and similar to celebrity. It's like like they're incapable of having normal relationships (laughs) Mm -hmm. like you can't. They're always watching their backs, always just feeling manipulated, always wondering, like, what other people are trying to get out of them or what their motivations are and that kind of stuff. And it's just. You know, you can have all the power in the world and be one of the most famous people in the entire world, but yet can't really even have just a normal, healthy relationship. So, right.
1: And I feel like what Popclaw and A-Train actually have together, like when they're alone and maybe just like eating dinner, like that is a true, happy, healthy relationship. And it just gets destroyed by everything else, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's rough. But, you know, A-Train, he is he is a complex little beast. And OK, so I have a question for you because I want to I want to talk about Homelander. Did you think that Homelander knew about this noodle thing? I did not. So and- when you're saying like, OK, so because I, I was watching this, I was trying to watch it with a cold eye. I was like, are they trying to keep it from Homelander because they don't want him to know about this scam that's going on or because they don't want to get in trouble?
0: I thought it was because, okay, so I knew that Homelander knew about Compound V, but I didn't think he knew about, like, A-Train running whatever scam he was running. I thought that was behind his back. I thought it was just, you know, a side hustle for him and Mm -hmm. a way to supply kind of his own habit. And he didn't want Homelander to find out for, for, for multiple reasons, to know that he was using and to know that... He was doing this kind of under the table, mm-hmm. we find out like he knew, yeah, and he even knew that a train had been kind of like dabbling in it again. I mean, mm. Homelander knows all right. He can see through walls and blast his way through cockpits, and I don't know why I thought that maybe he wouldn't know, but clearly yeah. he did,
1: <laughs> yeah, he and I wonder to what extent he has orchestrated this too, you know, um. Yeah. And this is kind of where I, since I know the story, I have a hard time separating myself and like putting myself where the audience at this point knows. So, what I'm curious, what do you think this operation is about at this point?
0: I am, I am a little unsure. Okay. Cause we see, you know, we get to see how like Ezekiel is involved and we get the baby. <laughs> involved and I'm like it's like wait is this like an X-Men thing where they just like are trying to have everybody be like mutant superheroes and want them to like overtake uh, you know regular normie human beings or like Mm. who is this who is the V going to like is it going to other superheroes is it going to people just like on the street and they're using it like a recreational drug like I I don't know. (laughs) I kind and I like that though. I like not knowing, and I'm open to see where it goes because I feel like it could go. Multiple ways, which I have a feeling it will.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the other thing too is I didn't want to accidentally spoil anything and and say
0: <laughs> no. I've already here. done that in another
1: episode, and we got it out because I forgot. <laughs> um But yeah, it is. It's really fascinating, and I, I love how we are kind of getting just sprinkles of information because while it is a much larger story, it's not the action. Of, mm-hmm. th- I mean, unless there's a baby that like laser eyes is, <laughs> yeah. which is. Um, amazing mm-hmm. um but okay so back to Homelander so he does a bunch of things in this episode that just are so so evil and Homelandery. and then he so he they're at this memorial for the flight and then he gives Maeve this pep talk and like if I didn't know anything else about Homelander and I didn't know that he was trying to make her not feel bad about murdering a whole flight full of people like i be like oh that's that's pretty good like yeah. he's he's trying to like remind her of a time when she uh threw a pin across a yard and stabbed bad guy in the eye while apparently he was holding like a severed head or something which is awesome but like <laughs> <laughs> so that might have been what what put me on board with a little bit is because I got to hear him tell that awesome story and just imagine Maeve doing it but like he's just so manipulative but he knows Mm -hmm. how to work with his
0: audience you know that was like there was a few moments in this that you know it this like this show's that old but like it there's a lot of moments that just i think continue to prove that their relevancy and are really kind of uh they hit you a little hard just because it's like oh so tragically familiar here we see mm-hmm. this homelander up there in front of all of these people who just lost so many of their family members and he is obviously we know that he's directly involved and mm-hmm. could have done something but did not yeah. and you know that's just like the age-old tale right like people getting up there saying oh so sorry this is so sad my heart breaks for you uh, but, you know, I'm not actually going to do anything about it. And I didn't do anything about it. And just that, uh, just like that weird, calloused, sneakiness, shrouded in sympathy is just, mm-hmm. he de- he delivers it quite well. And, yeah. you know, I think Maeve, it's a good speech he gives her. It really is. And there's maybe an ounce of like true heartfelt emotion in there, mm-hmm. but the rest of it, is just him trying to reel her back in I feel like and mm-hmm. I also feel like she knows that so like yeah good for you girl because you're not falling for it and I'm glad she did not fall for it because that's just who he is that we've seen so far I don't believe right. a second that he met any of that for real
1: <laughs> well and I mean how many times do you think she has fallen for it and at
0: this point exactly she's
1: just like no I, I've heard this before yeah you know um, yeah, I mean, he might as well say thoughts and prayers. You know? yeah,
0: exactly. That's what I wrote in my notes.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I mean, we're saying we're like we're recording on the day after another school shooting, which unfortunately was in my hometown. And so that's it's like fresh in my head because not only is he not doing anything about it. And to be fair, like it's not his fault that this plane was hijacked. Correct. So like he can't like i i I don't know how m- if he could have saved everyone, although if he had not laserized the plane, like they may have all made it, you know, yeah. but the fact is he didn't he didn't do anything to stop it, and he's not just saying, Oh, this is awful, he's saying this is awful, and here's what you should be afraid of, and mm-hmm. here's how that is gonna work for me, you know, yeah. and so he's twisting it, and I really think that he, I think this is why he can give that speech to Mavis because he really thinks he did the right thing, not just because he's a sociopath, but because he thinks, because he's a narcissist, that him Mm -hmm. being in the military is the ultimate thing that is going to help humanity, you know? Yeah. And when I was teaching, I had a principal who would say, when you're doing what you think is right for kids, it's easier to hold your head up, you know, because she would just get complaints all the time now the reason she got complaints is because she was doing things that really hurt her teachers a lot mm-hmm. and that like a lot of the things were she was doing was really bad but she had convinced herself it was for this this good you know this yeah. is, it's good for kids and so it doesn't matter how many people I hurt it doesn't matter how many people I have to die and how much I have to lie straight to these victims families faces because I believe I should have more power so that I can protect the people that I believe are worth
0: protecting.
1: Just...
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's got, he's got some speeches in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> he, I mean, yeah, yeah. he says some words.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and that's one thing I think is, so maybe we can talk a little bit about uh Ma- M- Madeline. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I said that, like that. Madeline. Um, because he's also mad about his talking points, so he is appearing at the Believe Expo, hashtag Believe, and, <laughs> hashtag Believe. Yep, which is just oh oh man, I've got some thoughts on the Believe Expo <laughs> for later. Just buckle up, everybody. Um, but he's really mad because I mean we've seen him give these pep talks, and he's like, I know how to do this. I know how to make people believe me, you know. Okay. And what he wants at this religious thing is to talk about being in the military that's what he wants and he thinks like god is endorsing this by saying it on this stage you know and he does not want madeline telling him how to sell this because he knows he can do it you
0: know yeah yeah it's he yeah his whole thing with madeline it's just this interesting power struggle with them and him just refusing to let her be the boss and Mm -hmm. just like hates being put in his place and thinks he knows better and we see him just going rogue with that speech and it is quite terrifying (laughs) frankly Mm -hmm. because he knows that like that's his audience. He knows exactly yeah. who he's speaking to, and that he can get away with it, and just really milk that crowd. And what does he call it? What Madeline says? Oh, anti-corporate mayonnaise is what. Um, <laughs> well, she, you know, he calls it corporate mayonnaise, and what he delivers is anti-corporate mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's like spicy so, corporate sriracha. Yeah, I like know. sriracha mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah, like aioli infused mayonnaise, mm-hmm. and um. It's he just loves to be worshiped, I think, and he knows that that crowd is gonna give it to him, which is interesting. But uh, I guess he just sees himself as like some weird, beautiful, blonde angel,
1: yeah. And I mean, he is very good looking, so it's we'll true. give him that, but but uh-huh. he, he is no angel. Um, and what I think is interesting, and this ties into Ezekiel just a little bit. I don't want to veer too much away from Homelander, but like this implication that God has created these superheroes, like they are super because God wanted them to be super. That's where their powers came from. And so by that logic, it's a lot easier to tell Christians or believers like that God is endorsing all of my behavior too, you know? And so this might feel a little weird to you. Like that girl that's like, should I convert my soccer teammate um but Mm -hmm. god gave me these powers so of course what i'm saying is what god believes and so it's just this really insidious way of manipulating people and i think we've seen enough like they don't believe any of this you know starlight i feel like is really the only christian at this thing you know that we see other than the the followers you know
0: yeah and it's just that kind of mass hysteria might be a strong word for it but when you're in a, you know i mean it's the same thing like you go when you go to like a rock concert or something right and you just like feel the energy of a crowd and everybody around you like that can be really powerful in good mm-hmm. and bad ways and you know this is a bad thing maybe yep. shrouded in a good thing
1: <laughs> yeah i mean the moment where that lady like spreads her wings like that makes me tear up every time. Like it mm-hmm. is very emotionally manipulative and it's gorgeous in that song. Like I if I were there, I could imagine myself getting swept up. But yeah. I think it's just so bizarre like
0: that Homelander is here and he's baptizing people.
1: Like he's like yeah, God.
0: And it, it is interesting because it's like it's interesting to see these superheroes these celebrities being so like outwardly religious it wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. something i expected and i mean it's something that madeline's aware of because she did say like you know we need you to be a bit more moderate because and he you know says like this is the crowd like i need to you know know i know who i'm speaking to and she's realizes that the message is going to go out further than that crowd at that event like it's televised mm-hmm. like it's people outside of that are going to see it and you're gonna sound a little cuckoo bananas, and right. but he doesn't. He also knows that and doesn't care, right?
1: <laughs> well, and also like it's gonna go out to a million people, but something like Vot Va- Vat Fox slash News is gonna mm-hmm. cherry pick the couple of quotes that sound really good yeah. and play them on repeat forever and ever, and just pretend the rest of it didn't happen.
0: You know? Yeah. It, it's yeah. The baptizing thing was quite strange and Mm -hmm. I I mean of course it's only the people who had 15 grand to cough up that get you know reborn and exactly like start anew Mm -hmm. and like are able to like experience this spiritual event with superheroes (laughs) like yeah it's like wild but I also can totally believe it (laughs) <laughs> right.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it does not seem far fetched at all. I mean, we've mm-hmm. seen like mega church stuff. Have you ever watched The Righteous Gemstones? Um, a few yeah. <laughs> we only watched the first episode, but I just remember like when they're doing this mass baptism and they're like dunking people and then like talking shit to each other while they're underwater <laughs> and then popping them back up and it just it's got that kind of feel to it. Like because like we he doesn't know what Huey's up to right now, but I think he has a sense about Huey. And just watching him underwater, like it's terrifying to see his, like, that's what I love so much about Entity Star in this role is like he's, he's hot, he's charming, but mm-hmm. he's also like terrifying. And I yeah. think he's able to pull all of that off at the same time. Yeah.
0: He doesn't trust anybody. I mean, he's just like yep. Mulder, right? Like trust no one. Mm-hmm. He trusts nobody. Here's this kid who like waltzes up to Starlight and, you know, he's like, what are you doing here? Who are you? Why are you here? Mm -hmm. You know, like he doesn't trust him for a second, but is seeing him getting closer and closer to his his, you know, little circle of seven. And he doesn't I don't think he has anything on Huey yet. He has something on Frenchie maybe, but he Mm -hmm. doesn't have anything on Huey. But he's uh, quite skeptical of his motivations. And uh, I mean, honestly, as he should be, because Huey's motivations are a little sketch right now. (laughs) Right,
1: right. Well, and this is the debut of one of his powers, I believe, is that he has super hearing. Although in my thing where I wrote about the the boy's weakness, that was mine, because this is the one that's a little bit... Sketchy, like he mm. can't always. He seems to not always be able to access it, but he can hear Huey's heart rate, and he can yeah. hear that Huey's heart is beating faster than normal. And I think that's what kind of clues him in. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I'm sure that probably happens a lot when people are around him because, like, he's he's dreamy, and also he's like a <laughs> celebrity. But like, I'm sorry, I'm going to stop gushing over how hot <laughs> I think <laughs> Homelander is. <laughs> Never and, man, stop. I, I've embraced that I have a thing for the bad guys. Um, I would never actually date him. But and he also can hear Madeline through walls, which I think is is really interesting too. And very creepy. Yes. But- Let's talk about that Madeline scene at the end because okay. whoo, has she figured out how to work him too? I love it.
0: Ooh, yeah. Okay. Like I, I was like, I love that she's like, she's like my. I love her as a bad guy like she's bad but also like brilliant (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. well and I love she's like we need boundaries because she just wants to take her fucking kid to the doctor and Mm -hmm. I mean we get the sense like she says she's already had to push it back several times um but Homelander just cannot let any her focus be on anybody else he hates this baby he calls it an accessory which like ouch and i wonder if part of the reason that hurts madeline is because it might be there might be a grain of truth in it you know yeah
0: yeah he's definitely doing some hardcore mom shaming and Mm -hmm. he just doesn't like to see anybody happy doesn't like to see anybody like be able to i guess balance the work like have i don't know how good her work-life balance is but I i would i feel like it's safe to say it's better than hope landers
1: (laughs) right exactly yeah she's not standing outside of somebody's office just being creepy in her off time you know yeah but i think i i wonder if she realized this is when she realizes oh he wants a mommy like he wants me to mommy him and that's part of the reason he hates my baby so much is because he wants And we find out later, I feel like this isn't a big spoiler, but he's like essentially born in a lab, you know, Mm -hmm. and so like I can understand him wanting like he's got really fucked up ideas of parental love. And so I can kind of understand. And this is one of those moments where I do feel a little bit sorry for him because, you know, he he is completely evil and he's a bad guy, but he's also like lived a kind of life that nobody in the world can identify with you know so i should imagine how lonely he must feel but
0: um, an emotionally a privileged emotionally neglected mm. man the <laughs> poor homelander yeah, and all he
1: really wants is a little mother's milk you know <laughs> okay <laughs> i know man it's just the strangest scene i mean To be fair, he doesn't actually nurse. True. You know, and he probably could like she's she's nursing. He could work up to it. Yeah, exactly. That's that's going to be in the season two finale. Um, All right. Well, let's talk about Ezekiel because. Okay, so we've seen Ezekiel before. He was in the first episode Mm -hmm. um, and (laughs) he was playing some butts like jazz in that first episode
0: i like that whole speech huey gives to him is amazing and Uh. i was laughing so hard like you played my butt like jazz (laughs) it's like just uh, so good (laughs) i actually wrote it down because i was like with poise and
1: skill and a willingness to improvise (laughs) oh my god (laughs) and then later where he's like you just start saying shit i don't know (laughs) yeah uh, it's so funny but yeah so huey blackmails ezekiel and so what we find out is that ezekiel is really kind of in some position of authority with shipping these compound v and he's disgr- disguising it as like polio, polio vaccine or something yeah yeah and he's sending it to hospitals and we don't know why yet but we go to see one of those hospitals and we find a little baby soup which i'm sure we're going to talk about in a little bit but Just the other thing that I love about Huey's speech is he's like, and quit, quit it with the anti-gay shit, you know, like you are such a fucking hypocrite.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ezekiel's using, you know, religion and his position in this community as a shield for a a plethora of things. And Mm -hmm. there's obviously absolutely nothing wrong with being queer in any way, shape, or form. But yep. it's the fact that he's standing up there preaching, you know, pray the gay away, anti LGBTQ plus rhetoric, and like spewing it out there, and then using, you know, shipping these drugs around as polio. But you know, because he's Ezekiel, like, why would mm-hmm. anybody question that? Like, of course he's it's in that box. Is what's it? You know, he's saying is in that box. Is in that box, and right. it's just like ultra slimy. And I mean. This episode goes hard on religion and religious mm-hmm. leaders. Not not so much the religion itself, I will say, which was I appreciated, but the the leaders of some of yeah of this event in particular and just how they're using these positions of power to just take advantage of all these people and mold and manipulate these people in ways that I don't, you know, I don't blame anybody in the audience. I blame all of these people up on the stage. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, there are certain specific
1: goals, like there's money, There's selling tickets and there's whatever they're doing with compound V. But like at a certain point, it just becomes about keeping your power and just keeping, Mm -hmm. keeping yourself on top and maintaining your image. And I should probably say now, like part of the reason I love this episode is because of how hard it goes on religion and that Mm -hmm. like, I've got a lot of baggage with um, with Christianity and growing up in a super religious household, going to things like this, you know? Yep. And so yep. this one triggered me a lot. And I probably, you know, and I might say some p- things that might sound a little harsh. And I just want to say, like, I do not think that being Christian or believing in God is bad at all. Mm-hmm. I think that's great if that's what works for you. I have a problem with a lot of organized religion and I have a problem with a lot of the way I think religion is twisted. Yeah. But I just want to say for for the record, like, I don't think there's anything wrong at all with being Christian if, no, I don't even want to qualify that. I think yeah. that a lot of, but it's all humans. It's like, you know, there are good Christians and there are bad Christians, just like there are good, like, I don't know, there are good Italian people and bad Italian people. And it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that they're Italian. That's just... A, a lens through which they see the world you know
0: yeah so, uh. i am i am curious i would you know ezekiel makes mention of like a they at some point so you know mm-hmm. he's involved in this whole ex- ever expanding world of v-running but i'm curious who the other they is he's just um a cog in the you know the machine so to speak so there's more there's more well to be shown.
1: They is God and the angels. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is <he>? Okay. <laughs> oh, clearly.
0: No, My I'm bad. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> also, you know. I did think it was funny that Ezekiel, you know, Huey's basically like, you fucked me and like saying this thing. And Ezekiel like doesn't even like know if it's true or not.
1: Right. And exactly. Because he can't, he can't even remember.
0: <laughs> remember. It's right. like, I, I, you know, I am not shaming anybody that that has ever I happened know. to. Um, not speaking from experience per se, but like it, <laughs> like under, like it happens, but like, right. it was just really funny. The fact that Huey was able to, you know, bullshit his way into having Ezekiel fully believe him that <laughs> like, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, like I totally would have made out with you and played your butt like jazz. Like, yep. Yeah. I, and I, I mean,
1: I can't see this video, but I'm sure it exists because I know I've done this. I've you know, done this. He knows yeah. he's guilty, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, like, as much as I really, really can't stand Ezekiel, like, man, did they nail this character. Like, that he was, okay, I wrote down what he said, too, because I thought it was so fucking hilarious. Like, he might as well be sitting backwards in a chair. Like, he's oh just gosh. got this whole youth pastor vibe, you know? And-, and,
0: like, looks like he was in a boy band, like, 20 years ago, but is still, like, continuing to dress like he <laughs> Is right. in that boy band, even though he's he, like, like,
1: shows up at the high school dances and the boy band stuff. Oh like, he says, Here's what he said, but Jesus said, Hey, bro, hey, bro, bring it in. And then he like kneels down. <laughs>
0: like, oh isn't God, God cool? God's so cool. Virginity mm-hmm. rocks, <laughs> exactly, oh, man.
1: And I have heard that, and I have seen guys like youth pastor guys with that spiky hair. and Oh, just, yeah, oh, mm-hmm. and then like the way that, um like they'll be talking and then like the band will just start playing like noodling around underneath and it's like this whole pattern and it just like i mm-hmm. have a visceral reaction to that kind of stuff because i've just been ugh. oh it's, yeah it, there's a lot of it down here in nashville
0: i had some serious young life like a uh, flashbacks <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep. uh-huh myf and uh and ours was called ichthus and it's like this Woodstock thing, but for Christian bands, you know. And okay. it was always on prom weekend, so I couldn't ever go. But I mean, I I was always so jealous that I couldn't go. <laughs> but all right, well, okay. There are just a couple of people I want to mention in our uh, villains category before we move on to our heroes. Um, okay, I just want to mention Black Noir because we haven't really seen him do very much, but boy, yeah. do we see him do
0: something here. Yeah. So any
1: any thoughts on Blackmore?
0: I mean, I want to see. He's quite mysterious. I mean, Uh as like his name sort of implies, but like he's clearly quite a fighter. We see him take on the female and, you know, hurts are pretty good, but she also, you know, delivers a few blows. Mm -hmm. But I love it because it's just like this silent fight. And like, I know we haven't heard him say anything or even make any noises, but yeah, just to like, fight like that and get injured like that but not like (laughs) say anything i don't know so yeah i'm curious like i don't know anything about him still but i'm intrigued
1: well and i can say this because i don't think it's quite a spoiler but like i do because i only picked it up doing actual research on him but um he's had like extensive ninja training you know and so now that like i see that i know like he's so cool i feel like he um he seems to be a bad guy because he messed with my female, and I don't like that. But um, he's pretty awesome, and he can use like blades, and he, he's just—he seems very fearsome, you know. Yeah. And then we have the deep. I was going to say the it, complete the- opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah,
0: just, just such a, uh, just—I mean, just sitting there eating like Doritos, like <laughs> watching the believe broadcast and just just wallowing in his shame for that dolphin fiasco like just what a loser and Mm. but also like quickly realizing that things might come out about what he did to starlight i think this was his realization because she i mean obviously she did not name him in her speech but she mentioned that it happened and obviously he knows that it was him and so like that's a step into like oh shit she's talking about this mhm like this could be bad
1: <laughs> yeah and i think the moment i fell in love with the deep as a character not as a mm-hmm. good person but is the moment where she uh, she reports on stage and just the look on his face and the way he kind of like half spits food out and his eyes just get real wide. And it's so funny. I was like, you are just one of my favorite actors on the show because he just nails that like, oh shit, but almost mm-hmm. also an idiot, you know, because he's like, he's flipping the channel from the dolphin thing. So one <laughs> stupid just- thing that he did into the next stupid thing. I no. do have a question though, sure. because we see Madeline react to that too, and so, and we don't know who knows anything about it right now, other than that Starlight just said this. But given the amount of cameras we know, and that Madeline has feed to the camera, do you think Madeline knows about this?
0: Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I hope not. No, if she me... knows, oh. That would make me mad. Oh, no. because, and, uh, like, I know. Because like, it's not like she would have even, oh, really? I hope not.
1: <laughs> and I don't know. Like, I'm not, that's not really a spoiler. Like, that's just, I no, don't but know. You're something totally, I like, up would, on this one. It know? wouldn't
0: surprise me if either Madeline or somebody else knows, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, Ashley. I, I don't think Ashley would have like access to that, but it wouldn't surprise me if somebody else knows yeah but i hope it's not madeline yeah
1: well and also like mm-hmm. we saw her puking in the bathroom after so i mean we could put together that Maeve maybe knows or at least can kind of figure it out so yeah it just it just makes the whole thing so much more insidious you know yeah yeah gross <laughs> i don't know well okay well let's move into something a little tastier i'm sorry that's terrible <laughs> But true, <laughs> our Spice Girls, which is our our good guys or our good girls, um, and you know we were just talking about her. Let's talk about Starlight because man, this is this is her episode, and I just I fucking love her. Uh, so she is having a lot of. She's going to the Believe Expo. It's something she's done a lot, and I love just kind of rattling off the like Capes for Christ and mm-hmm. power soup stuff. Like it's a whole Christian circuit makes everybody a ton of money and she's been doing it. Like she says, she describes it as feeling like coming home. Like this is, this is, these are her roots. And I get the sense that she actually believes like she is, she's the kind of Christian that I'm talking about. That's like, she actually believes what she's saying, even if she doesn't completely understand what she's saying, like she believes in God and she tries to be a good person.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, for a long period of time, like she found a lot of her, I, you know, identity in this. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's interesting coming back to it because now that she's been like out of her home, out of the circuit, kind of gaining some independence in a way she's coming to it with a different perspective. Like clearly some shit's happened to her. She's been processing a lot. We've seen that in her and now being able to kind of view it through a different lens. She's seeing some things either that she didn't want to see before or just didn't necessarily hit her the same way and just kind of having to process that and i mean that that sucks that's hard it's like it's like when you're i mean this is not the same comparison but it's like when you're an adult and you go back to your middle school and you're like oh uh-huh. my god everything's like so much smaller mm-hmm. and like lower to the ground and totally but like when you're there and like but your memories see it so differently but you know just coming at it from literally a different perspective things just look completely different
1: yeah Yeah. And I think she has been so disillusioned by Vought and just seeing what is behind the curtain of this thing that I've grown up thinking was like the ultimate ideal for my life. And I think that that puts her on the road to that, to having that realization. And, you know, it does suck, but I think it's part of growing up, you know, and she's totally she's fairly young, you know, and I just remember because I spent a lot of time in in church and youth group. And I'm really grateful for that time. A lot of them were some of my best friends in high school. Like Mm -hmm. there was one summer where I was at church every single day over Mm. the summer. Like there was something going on, you know, but then you start to get out and see the real world and you get a little bit outside of that kind of, I don't want to say hive mind, but like that just really thick belief system, um, and the bubble and you just start to see, A little bit past the curtain you start to see the rust on stuff and you're like uh, or you start to see how close things are to the ground you're like no i've seen i've seen bigger desks now that now looks Mm -hmm. small you know
0: yeah and and things change like things Mm -hmm. like right everything religion companies groups whatever like things evolve and you know maybe things that weren't necessarily such a big concern or aspect of it at one point like you know things I mean we're seeing it right now right where the you know Mm -hmm. just like how satanic panic was a big thing in the 80s now we're seeing a whole other version of that with like banning drag shows and all that kind of you know anti-trans just legislation and all that so it's like things there's always a villain in some things and things change and I think that she's coming out and seeing it like what there's like some signs right and she's Mm -hmm. like has that always been there and you know so it's whether or not it has always been in there maybe it wasn't but it's there now and it's just kind of yeah i don't know so it's sad (laughs) well
1: and it's like when you've got somebody like homelander who i think is a pretty direct parallel to some of our politicians who Mm -hmm. should remain nameless frankly because i just don't like saying their fucking names yes um but like it becomes a little bit more overt You know, and maybe like there wasn't a sign that said fly straight, but that was underlying everything. And if you are straight... It's not the kind of thing you're going to really notice, especially if you're, like, in high school and you're just not really thinking critically. But when there's a sign that says it, like, it just becomes more explicit. And I think that's what makes Homelander so dangerous in this moment is that he's really, by going rogue and by, like, really playing to his base, you know, he's, Mm -hmm. he's really enabling a lot of that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah.
0: It's also really sad seeing her, like, so her mom pops up to like come visit her at this event because clearly Ugh. it's a big deal for her and mm. number one I love how Ashley is just like does not give two shits about her mom being there she's like <laughs> yeah hi great uh, yep 15 minutes you ready Starla mm. like, like, <laughs> I love Ashley <laughs> just like doesn't care that she's there and just you know she's only got so much time and energy in a day and her mom is getting none of it mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and um, but we also see that like you know her mom is kind of this little stage mom and says some things that like are not very nice (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so I don't particularly care for her mom right now and I think she kind of deserves what she got
1: I think so too yeah I mean I put in my notes like we could put her mom in the villains column for this episode like I don't I don't know how intentional that is but like uh, and this is another thing that strikes a nerve with me, too, is like you want your kids to she doesn't want her kid to suffer, but she doesn't seem to care that Twilight is suffering because the most important thing is that she gets this moment. You oh, yeah, know? She
0: doesn't. I mean, she doesn't want to believe that she doesn't want to like, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't want to hear that. I. You know, I think that if. The situation and the place were different like yeah she'd probably listen but like here like no you have to go on stage like this is your big moment my friends are watching like she's not in the mind like the head, the mind set and headspace to hear that right then in that moment and it, it's but she's also you know starlight's an adult and she's talking to her as an adult i think By saying like you need to do this for me like I did this for you for 20 some years like that's I don't know feels like a very mom thing to say but also like quite brutal I think to hear and receive especially at that exact moment as Starlight is clearly processing some feelings. (laughs)
1: right and like what she's about to tell her is hey mom i was sexually assaulted yeah and she essentially backs down because of this attitude and i think that's what breaks her heart and you know her mom doesn't know that but it she just it i don't know it just bugs me and i think the starlight is just over being pushed around by people and you know even huey who is as much as he does really like her and I think he falls in love with her in this speech like I think that oh, I the did moment. Totally. I did too <laughs> I know I was like ah. because okay so she goes out and she gives this speech one of my favorite movies or one of my favorite moments of the whole series and she starts reading all this canned stuff and then she stops and she's like fuck it none mm-hmm. of this is real like I believe in God and that's what I love about her is that she's not like I'm not Christian. I don't believe in God. Like she still, she actually does believe she's just not willing to, to like couch it in all of this self-righteous bullshit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And she, I mean, she's just being really honest there. And I think, I mean, part of Starlight's not problem, but the thing is like, she's a superhero and everybody Mm -hmm. sees her almost as that first. And Mm -hmm. like Annie second, including her own mom. Right. Is Mm -hmm. seeing her like, she's like, she's a superhero she's you know famous she like lit up this event when all the lights went out like seeing her as this thing almost Mm -hmm. and not seeing her as a person and here we see we really see Annie as a person and I think that's what's so like shocking but in like a positive way in a powerful way that we see yeah Huey fall in love with her we fall in love with her her mom have a realization like oh my god my daughter was assaulted like how can that even happen like she's a superhero right. it's like yeah it can still happen it can happen to anybody mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly yeah
1: uh yeah and she is being authentic you know and like you have a comparison to homelander in your notes which i think is just brilliant and we've talked in the past about like how like what makes starlight pos- like popular is her authenticity and it's like yeah. that's what homelander is is doing also it's just in for negative and gross way yeah you know?
0: yeah i mean here we see everybody knows this but like words have power right mm-hmm. and we're seeing two different sides of this here you know homelander is kind of riling people up and you know doing it that way and doing the real like strong political speaking and you know just instigating things a little bit and obviously like that takes a certain amount of skill and talent and certain people are really great at it like Homelander Mm -hmm. and then on the counter we see Starlight being really vulnerable and just like honest and how powerful that can be especially when it's coming from somebody who you are you know you respect or is in a position of power who you might think is like you know above that in some regard and so seeing Somebody like a superhero just being so brutally honest mm-hmm. is just, you know, yeah, I just love her.
1: Yeah. And I mean, she's reporting a sexual assault on live TV. Oh, yeah. There's no taking like, that back. Exactly. <laughs> and just the um, the courage that it would take to do that, I think, is just incredible and makes me just love her so much and I've been I'm writing a thing about Take Back the Night have you seen that movie? Mm-mm. It's on Shutter right now and it's, it's not it's technically like the quality of it isn't great but it is about like reporting sexual assault and like Mm-mm. what happens and like as part of the system so it's just been on my mind a lot recently and just how hard it is to actually say that stuff out loud and like in front of a live audience like everybody in the world is knows this about her now and just and i don't think she really thought about that before she said it and i'm glad she i'm glad she said it
0: but just just how brave she is to do that you know oh yeah and like saying it i almost think like yeah it, it was harder to say it maybe in front of all those people rather than like confiding in her mom but also like i don't know there's got to be some sort of like rush of like Mm -hmm. just like reclaiming your agency and power because when you say something like that to that many people on you know live television like you you can't bury that like nobody's gonna talk you out of it like that is not gonna get swept under the rug like that is going to come back (laughs) somebody is gonna ask questions
1: yep and the way she says it too it's like impossible not to believe it you know And she says it
0: like kind of like, not, I mean, crassly a little bit, you know. She wasn't like, like she, but that's what happened. Right. (laughs) It's like, exactly. You you don't want to hear that? Well, that's what happened.
1: Exactly. Like, you don't want to hear it. Well, I didn't want to have it happen to me. So, yeah. And she
0: could have said it. I mean, yeah, she could have said it more like. (laughs)
1: Exactly. Mm
0: -hmm. Like, she could have taken it up a notch, but so. Yeah
1: she's classy you know it's a family friendly event which is why she got i'm glad she got to wear her her original (laughs) dress too which i just i was like well why do you want her to wear that skimpy? like if it's not family friendly what are you doing well it's all
0: performative right
1: right (laughs) yeah and it's like they've got it both ways like they've got their wholesome starlight and then they've got their sexy starlight and it's just whichever one the occasion calls for Yep. which again is like she's like action suit barbie you know instead of a human being but let's talk about Huey because I, I mean, if he didn't, if he wasn't already head over heels for her, um, although he is bugging her, which is not cool. Friend, Huey. Sorry, not Frenchie.
0: Yeah. Um, I I think that, I mean, obviously he's, you know, he's got Robin on his mind and he's been wavering back and forth with mm-hmm. what he's doing to Starlight. But you know, I think this is the moment where, yeah, he, he falls in love with her and realizes, I, I don't think he's going to doubt her anymore. I think right that now he's like, yes, maybe these other people are doing bad things, but not mm-hmm. her. Like, right.
1: Nope. Yeah. And she may be part of a bad system, but she's not a bad person, you know? Yeah. And I think, I do think this is where the tide turns. And I think if, Butcher had asked him the next day to bug her phone. I don't think he would, you know? Yeah. Um, and he does, he keeps seeing Robin, but he finally tells her about Robin too, which right. I think is like, this is the closest I think they've ever been. Cause they're both actually being honest with each other,
0: you know, not completely, but mm-hmm. you know. baby, baby steps, you know, said yeah. the words, you know, it's all about kind of just getting it out there and, you know, get to see them hug a little bit. And, you know, it's just, we're finally seeing these characters as like, I mean, it sounds silly because they are characters. It's just a TV show, but it's like, but but I, I feel like we're really actually like getting in there and getting to know them. Like, right. these are the moments where they're just laying it all out on the table and we're finally seeing their true selves in, you know, for better or for worse, depending on who it is. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, and they're they're moving closer, and I love it. I also think that um, Jack Quaid is fantastic in this episode. Like we've already mentioned the blackmail scene, but just the yeah. way he just like kind of throws off that uh, not a compliment line, just like oh yeah, it's just perfect.
0: It's it's role. funny to see him like like clearly we've been saying it all along. Like he and and other people too, like MM too, uh, you know, has been saying, and and mm-hmm. even Frenchie, it's like he has these skills but he is yet to fully believe in himself and it's like yeah. he blackmails Ezekiel like pretty good like I don't know yeah. if I was put on the spot like that I probably would not necessarily have either come up with that solution or been able to pull that off convincingly but totally. he does he seems to work well under pressure mm-hmm. <laughs> when he just does a very valuable skill yeah, doesn't overthink things too much not saying mm-hmm. that's you know what he's does is always necessarily a, a great thing but he makes bold yeah. decisions and runs with them.
1: well and it's like we've been talking about well butcher and mm have been talking about this whole Frenchie not sticking with the plan thing which i think is a, a little overblown and also that seems to be when frenchy really shines is mm-hmm. when he trusts his gut and he yeah. goes with and i think uh sorry i almost called him jack um huey he almost his strength is kind of the opposite it's like he knows what his mission is, and he finds ways back to the plan, you know? And it's this weird kind of opposite kind of thing, you know? And it works well for both of them, you know?
0: Yeah. Although, I, you know, Butcher, I feel bad because he, like, I mean, he's also pretty manipulative, but he just keeps reminding Huey, mm-hmm. like, you've already killed someone, dude. Like, right. blackmail should be nothing. And it's like, okay, yes. Like, when are you going to, like, never let that go? probably not yeah (laughs) well
1: and also like pushing the trigger that's the easy part you know it's everything else you know yeah Uh, well speaking of butcher this is this is a big episode for butcher also um so first of all i just love him just (laughs) totally letting his true feelings show and calling god a cunt. Don't love that word, but I I will say it in this context. But when you say it in a British accent, you know, it's okay. Exactly. It sounds way (laughs) charming. But we find out a little bit more about Becca, um, who was his wife. She uh, she is still his wife. She's been missing for eight years. She either got killed or she died by suicide. And her sister, they have made a headstone for her to have someplace to mourn and butcher is not having it.
0: Well, because she's missing, right? So they're assuming Mm -hmm. she, like, but I think it's that, yeah, that mystery. Like, they don't know what happened to her. And, you know, her family is wanting to move on. And Butcher clearly is uh, not ready to do that, which is really sad. And it's sad because, I mean, he's not letting anybody in on this. Like, he's hiding Mm -hmm. this from everybody uh, other than her family, of course, who knows what's going on. But... He just puts on a, you know, cheeky British (laughs) snark and face and goes out there and, you know, says things to Christian booth workers (laughs) just to (laughs) upset them, but, like, is not willing to really, like, share his feelings. And it's just kind of sad. I just want to give him a hug and be like, it's okay, you know, you could be sad. Yeah, and I think it informs a lot of this anger
1: that we mm-hmm. see, too, is that he's got this, like, huge well of anger and sadness, you know, mm-hmm. that he just, he doesn't know what to do with. And, I mean, I also, like, I understand why he smashes the headstone, but if I were the sister, I'd be like, dude, I got that sadness, too. I just need something. Like, what Butcher is focusing that into is, like, taking soups down. And, yeah her family doesn't have that. Like they have this headstone that they probably paid a lot of money for. And now it's,
0: yeah, it's destroyed. destroyed. And like, they're not going to know who did that. Come on.
1: Exactly. Come and on. it's just another, I think it's another, like his, I mean, he's selfish, you know, and I think he's selfish for a greater good, but mm-hmm. you know, it's just one of those things. I would be pissed. I do think he is so cute with this little baby. <laughs> like just yeah. this little, I'll come back and stump. you. I just,
0: love it it just you know shows that he's not a complete monster right, <laughs> right. like he's like yes he uses the baby for you know evil and makes like poor little kid a murderer before it's even like six <laughs> months old but he's very gentle and he puts him back and just like yeah All right, there you go goodbye so, <laughs> so it cute. is it is very cute <laughs> yeah and he's
1: like this is cool that was fun <laughs> yeah yeah and I love when he's like jostling he's like hey come on come on yeah,
0: shake yeah like there, you Ooh. got some more juice in you there come
1: on. exactly yeah i just got to piss you off a little bit um well let's talk about Maeve because this is a big episode for Maeve so tell me your thoughts because I know you've been
0: wanting to know more about her and we find I out have more we've found out a lot about her I mean mm-hmm. one that she's continuing to struggle with what happened on the crash and I you know mm-hmm. I don't Think I get the impression that it's not just the crash. It's just this has happened. Situations like this have happened, I'm sure, before, and she's just struggling to reconcile, you know, their actions with what you know what's been happening and how she's mm-hmm. feeling about it. And but then we see her get a little tipsy and apparently go to an ex girlfriend's house. An ex girlfriend, mm-hmm. um, which adds a whole other layer to it because um you know sexuality is fluid and on a spectrum and that's mm-hmm. all great so you know maybe she did really like Homelander or whatever but also maybe it was just kind of some like arranged thing i'm still jury's still out on that yeah um but she made an attempt to go back to somebody who she cared about for comfort somebody she could trust i think
1: Mm-hmm.
0: you know because I it seems like for a lot of these superheroes finding somebody they can actually trust and be themselves around is few and far between mm-hmm. but the sad thing is like we see her ex-girlfriend basically be like no <laughs> like, yeah. you, you can't just show up and pretend like nothing happened like we're yeah. done But she's also really yeah. kind to her which is very sweet So, oh I know
1: it's like the moment she can tell like Oh, she is really hurting. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell there's still some feeling there. Um, and and I mean, I also... The, the thing that I noticed on second and third watch too is that she talks about like what it was like for her with this breakup, you know? And, Mm -hmm. like, Maeve can just forget. And it's, like, it reminds me of when we saw Huey walk through the the convenience store and see A-Train everywhere. Like, imagine trying to break up with somebody who is, like, one of the most famous people on the planet and constantly celebrated. And you know who they really are. And you know – and it just hurts you to see them all the time, you know?
0: Yeah, that would – yeah, can you just imagine? Like, I'm thinking about, like, some of my, like more torturous ugh, disastrous relationships <laughs> mm-hmm. and like i mean the thing is like if i like still to this day like if i ran into certain or if i saw like a certain ex-boyfriend like at a grocery store like i would turn around so fast and be like get me out of here <laughs> like, uh-huh. and so yeah i can't even imagine like just seeing them pop up on news things and in magazines or advertisements oh god yeah mm.
1: Yeah, it's funny, the uh the one that got away for me and I'm love Corey. He's fantastic. But the one who got away from me is named Stefan. And so when I saw the director of this episode, I was like, Oh, it was like a little Oh no just a little dark. You know, just that no. thing. Like you're just reminded, you know? hmm And we also find out that she's in recovery, which makes me love her even more. You know, I am also in recovery. I am also not going to meetings anymore, although I don't I'm good with that, but So we know that she's tipsy and she Mm -hmm. has struggled with addiction also. So just we see broken Maeve here, you know, and it just it breaks your heart knowing how strong she is and how like how heartbroken on the inside she must be to have to finally show it on the outside, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, Mm -hmm. it's I love getting to know her on this level as a, you know, as a character, but also... Mm -hmm it's like okay like oh poor maeve you know, feel, know. Fe- feeling some sympathy for her but um but so far there's nothing i haven't liked about her let's just say that absolutely yeah i i just love her um
1: well let's talk about another lady that i absolutely love so the female there's not a whole lot to say about the female in frenchie but this is a big episode for them so um, Frenchie I just I love that he can cook this is the first time he calls <laughs> yeah. her mon coeur, which is that's gonna that's gonna be something we hear again which I love mm. so tell me your thoughts on Frenchie
0: I mean I am I have always been a fan of I him mean, he just continues <laughs> to just make me like him yeah he's like determined he sees something in you know the female that everybody else is kind of skeptical of. But they're it's it's like they're not really looking at her as a person. Uh-huh. They're looking at her like, oh, she's a soup. Oh, she's, you know, was in this room for a reason. They're not really, they're not seeing her like Frenchie is. And mm-hmm. so having him be willing to take the time to gain her trust and yeah, cook her an amazing meal. Like, are you kidding? Like, I love him. And mm. he, he's not entirely sure that's getting through. But then we see at the end it is getting through like just mm-hmm. because she's not reciprocating with words like she's listening or at least is able to like understand where he's that he, his intentions are good and mm-hmm. ends up saving him. And, you know, we learn that she's got some incredible healing abilities in the process, yes. but but she's willing to risk her life um, to save Frenchie and Mm -hmm. that's very sweet so I like their little budding friendship relationship whatever it is but I like that dynamic
1: I just love it too yeah and this moment like the starlight moment is my favorite of this episode but when she comes back to life is the second favorite and I love the way it plays out like ain't no sunshine starts Mm -hmm. playing and did you think that she was dead Yes. (laughs) Yes, <laughs> in my notes, I did too. I was like,
0: is she dead?
1: I know. It's like no, because <laughs> like but, I mean, I we've seen translucent. Like you know, well, yeah, the show's gonna like, kill
0: people. I, I I don't know if she's gonna be like a major character. I have no idea what's coming. So like, I it wouldn't surprise me if she did. Um, but I'm glad she didn't. <laughs> me too. Yes. Oh,
1: love her so much, and I love that moment, and and how like that's when I think he falls in love with her when he sees her one because she just saved his life but two like how powerful she is and how strong she is and it's similar I think to how Huey is watching Annie or Starlight Mm -hmm. you know and just just love it
0: I also like oh oh, I was gonna say he says a line in there he says something about like you know oh we're you know, maybe we're eggs or we're like pineapples and we're, you know, hard on the outside, but soft on the inside. And I think that that is kind of sums up the entire sort of episode and like the the Mm theme, one of the the themes of the episode, because we're really breaking through some of these like hard exteriors and Mm -hmm. seeing inside, you know, sometimes we don't necessarily like what we're seeing inside, but but we are seeing kind of uh, more of the core of these characters and hmm and so it's just it's which is emotional like I get you yeah. know you get like I'm like happy like that moment with Annie and and Huey when they're having that talk like it's like touching to watch but also like yes like they're finally like actually connecting and Mm -hmm. you know i i wrote down here it's like that reminds me of like that fight club quote where they're like it's only after we've lost everything that we're free to do anything you know like without toxic masculinity (laughs) or jared leto you know that Mm -hmm. part but just the fact (laughs) that like You know, Annie's got up there and just, like, bared her soul. Like, she has nothing else to lose at this point. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's a freedom in that of just, like, speaking her truth honestly. And similarly, I feel like Huey is able to, in that moment, not not let Robin go, but just, like, make peace with that. And also yeah. just, like, open up to Annie in a way that he's been scared to do. And so just by doing that, they're able to move forward um, together yeah. and individually. So. They're, they're just yeah. little pineapples.
1: <laughs> Which I love. I had never heard that as a metaphor for, like, you know, soft and squishy on the inside, but like a strong emotional shell. And I just love it. Yeah. And I think, like, because I don't know if Huey has really let her go, but I think there is, like, the freedom is in actually being able to talk about it. And, yeah. And like finding somebody who it. will listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And start to process, because you know the the five stages of grief i feel like is a big kind of mm. we we misunderstand that a lot in a lot of ways and it's not linear but like i feel like he's been channeling so much of this into action like butcher and mm-hmm. this is the first time when he's like she died and i wonder if he's ever said that out loud you know
0: yeah like, to somebody like out starlight yeah somebody outside of the boys i guess
1: yeah yeah Yeah. who he knows i mean they're gonna be supportive but you know they're also gonna be like hey we gotta go blackmail this dude (laughs) yeah (laughs) i also want to give a shout out to mm i really wanted to mention him Mm -hmm. he doesn't really do a whole lot in this episode but he's just like but he looks good (laughs) he does look good and he's like i wrote he's just the solid thankless rock of the team Mm -hmm. and i i just love him um All right, well, let's go into good versus evil. There's not a whole lot that we haven't already talked about in this. Like, we've already talked about the Believe Expo. Um, Is there anything else we want to talk about
0: with that? I I do think it's just interesting. Like, I think that there's this idea of, like, having your system of belief shaken or evolving in some way. And I think we see this with a lot of the characters, you know, with, with Butcher... And just like how that, you know, the loss of his wife and with Annie, just how her experiences over the last little bit since she joined the seven and then coming back to this home environment has really kind of unstabilized her even more. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, even in Maeve, just this has pushed her over the edge, I think, with the flight in some ways. And it's really just she's starting to question things in maybe a way that she hasn't before. And even Homelander. I mean, just the fact that he's able to, like, he goes rogue with his speech and is just like, no, I want to do this. And then just, yeah, so just how how we're seeing them sort of reevaluate where they stand on certain things.
1: Yeah, and, like, finding powers... That I don't think they quite knew that they had before, you know, like power yeah. of confidence or like conviction, even though he's saying awful things, you know, mm-hmm. he's like starting to believe in himself in a way that I don't think he had fully placed his confidence in yet, even though it's, it's bad. And I was thinking, it's like, they're all having come to Jesus moment. <laughs> <which> <laughs> no,
0: exactly, is... though. It's like, I mean, I, you know, Homelander, it's like he wants to be. You know, respected as like a godlike figure, right? But mm-hmm. ha- it's like he's almost been afraid maybe to actually embrace that fully, like he uh-huh. wants that respect, but hasn't really acted like and here we see him acting like it, like, yeah, you know what? No, I am gonna go do it. I, I know this audience is gonna give me what I want, so I'm just gonna do it, and yeah. Just how kind of dangerous that could be.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, and it's interesting, too, because, like, he's got fucking laser eyes. Like, what is Madeline going to do to stop him? Which is why she doesn't get mad at him. She She knows. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. She's like, he could kill me. And Mm -hmm. I really, like, this is the only power that I have over him. Mm -hmm. And it's just power that he is giving her, you know? Yeah. And I think it's interesting to see him. And Starlight, too, because I think we see Starlight really struggling with being a role model. And, like, yeah. I love the teen circle, too, in this moment because she's like, if part, if part of being a superhero is maintaining this reputation and I'm having, like, the little girl in the costume that came up to her or, like this woman that, or this, this teen that is actually going to make a decision about whether she sleeps with her boyfriend based on what I say, like, yeah, that matters. And I could just toe the line, but that's not what I believe. And I'm not willing to say that. And if I don't believe it, you know?
0: Oh yeah. And I mean, that has to be like such a difficult position to be put in because like previously Mm -hmm. she didn't have that, responsibility of her position of power like tied to her like she was yes of course she like was a superhero but she wasn't one of the seven right you know like and so now having to answer to not only you know the the pastor sitting next to her who's like "Mm -hmm," like you better answer the right way but also to Mm. like this entire giant massive corporation like that's a lot of uh new pressure that i'm sure she's feeling and like how Okay, so how do I do this? <laughs> right? How, how can I sleep at night with myself but also like mm-hmm. not lose my job and um, get kicked out of the seven? <laughs> yeah, and it's I,
1: it's a thing I think a lot of celebrities deal with too, you know and and I think she does she can't really say I'm not a role model. like that is part of the job. you know she's yeah. an ideal human and I think we see her struggling with that
0: yeah
1: well let's move into shock and awe which is the biggest moments the most exciting things um we've already talked about a train killing pop claw i was very shocked by this um when we've talked about the hospital baby which i think mm-hmm. is great and the female coming back to life
0: and but,
1: playing my butt like jazz play my butt like me. jazz <laughs> yep yep and the only one that we haven't mentioned is fucking billy zane loves that pops up i know oh. and i so want to see this like pop claw because i think it's like pop claw three or something like it's <laughs> yeah. it's got like slumber party massacre two kind of vibes to it or like barbed wire or something oh you know? yeah
0: barbed wire i think or like you know like an, an one of the angel movies or so like it's just it was so funny seeing him just pop up for just this brief second and mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for a good camp unexpected cameo so I was like yeah it was exactly like yeah in my notes I'm just like Billy Zane yes
1: <laughs> well and Billy's this is a little teaser Billy Zane is also a part of one of my all-time favorite moments of this show uh, that's I love it up in the future it's like so I just love him <laughs> and I love like I think that speaks to the the power of the ensemble they've got in this show behind the scenes and in front Um, that just, this is something people want to be a part of, you know, and not just because it's on a premium channel, but just like, this is, man, I would want to have this on my resume, even if I'm playing some stupid character, you know? Oh, totally. Um, all right. Well, as we're winding down, it's time to choose your fighter. So Rachel, who is your MVP for the episode?
0: You know, there's a few in here. Mm-hmm. and that and i had a hard time deciding but <laughs> starlight my mvp is starlight i think yeah. we see her make a really bold and powerful and vulnerable um decision to throw it all out there and i mean i love i love that for her i love that for us i'm a little nervous <laughs> about what the ramifications <laughs> are going to uh. be for her but like it just so many of these characters we're learning are kind of not wishy-washy, but you know, a little manipulative and bad one moment and good and just kinda of, uh murky morality. Mm-hmm. And it's just really nice to be like, all right. So far Starlight has been really like pure and not in like the virginal, you know, hashtag believe way, but just like mm-hmm. what we see is what we really are getting so far. And I feel like For Huey, that's been solidified and for us as well. And yeah, so I loved her here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shout out to the female. I love her in this episode, but it's got to be starlight for me too. And I think like this is her keep your hands clean, baby spaghetti Mm, mm -hmm. poster moment, you know, where she's like, what is keeping, what is, what is this doing for me? It's not helping anybody for me to keep going with this lie. And I just, I just love her. This is, this is the moment I fell in love with her, too, you know? So, ah, starlight. All right. Well, let's talk predictions. So what do you think might happen next? And what are you excited to see?
0: So, okay, I'm very curious to see um, <laughs> some future interactions between, you know, Madeline and Homelander because, wowie, like, mm-hmm. how do you just, like, go to work the next day and be like, so that happened? <laughs> so, um, So I'm curious to see. I mean let me be on. I, I love Madeline even more. Like, this is a weird thing uh, mm-hmm. that she does, but the fact that she, yeah, like we said, was like, okay, I can't beat him in a fight, clearly. I can't bully him into doing what I want, but I can do this. And, like, mm-hmm. she's just so smart. Um, uh, the Emancipation of Maeve. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, you know, she's going through something, and I'm hoping that similar to Starlight, you know, she comes out of it uh, at least feeling better about herself and how she's able to sort of deal with some of the things that she's been through. And I'm excited to see that Um, now that Huey and Annie have kind of reached some sort of mutual uh, adoration and honesty. I just can't wait to see where that goes. Oh, <laughs> no. So now it feels like, okay, now this is, like, really beginning. Like, this is more than just, like, flirtatious. Like, there, you know, there's some feelings here now. So I can't wait to see those blossom. Hopefully.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and yet there's still that big old shoe hanging over their head that's just waiting to drop.
0: There. Yeah. I mean, yes. I, I, I still feel like that is going to come. But... um Hopefully they'll be able to, I don't know, deal with it, work through it.
1: Well, and like you said, I feel like they're starting to build real feelings. So it wouldn't be so easy to walk away, you know? Yeah. Well, we will see what happens and more in our next episode, which is called The Innocence. Um, But before we uh, wrap up, let's do some plugs. So Rachel, where can we find you? And do you have anything exciting coming up?
0: Well, let's see. We just did um, a fun episode over on the Losers Club for Cell. We did, which, which is a real movie, by I, the way. Apparently, uh, supposedly. <laughs> <laughs> I still we know. watched something. We watched something. I don't know. But it's it's out there. But I liked our discussion. And also um, over on the Pod in the Pendulum, we've been wrapping up the Purge franchise and so that's been really fun. That franchise is way better than people give it credit for and yeah. myself. So that Dude, was it's fun. It's got Ethan Hawke and Sarah- Matt Saracen in it. So I am a fan. And Frank Grillo. Oh, <laughs> <my favorite. laughs> that's no. true. I may not have seen that one yet. Also, like. Maybe Frank Grillo will pop up in the boys. I feel like he'll pop up at some time. I have not looked into this, but I feel like he would be right at home in this in this TV series. Um Frank Grillo is? Hold, oh, that guy. I was gonna say. Oh seen, yes, okay. Him. I've seen him. Yes, <laughs> yes, I know.
1: He does seem like he would he would fit into the boys averse.
0: Easy, know? come in yeah. and like be Butcher's like long lost American brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's what I've got uh, going
1: on. And you can find me at Jim Ferratu on mostly Twitter. I, I just don't know if I can do it with, I'm sorry, Instagram. I don't know if I can do it with Twitter anymore. Uh, I'm still technically there, I guess. But um, And also co-hosting the Losers Club on the Cell episode. We just are, we're about to be dropping our um, new lineup for, uh, what's, fucking next month, April. Lots Mm. of fun stuff coming up. We're going to be talking about Bachman. So that'll be super fun. And doing some writing. And we just covered Stepford Wives on the um, White Ladies in Crisis podcast which is also another show that you can find on the anatomy of a screen pod squad. So thank you so much for hosting us. Make sure you check out, um, a lot of their other fantastic shows. Um, we've got, Hey, you, we've got bodies of horror. I know they just dropped another episode and just lots of really great stuff. So check it out. And that's our episode for the girls on the boys. Good for the soul. I feel like I've been waiting to talk about this one for a long time and I feel I feel like Starlight getting some things <laughs> off my chest. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, and we will be back in your ears to talk about episode six, The Innocence, in two weeks. And just a tiny little spoiler, the words Tara Reed are in the synopsis. So Amazing. <laughs> I know it just like they can't stop, won't stop, you know. Ooh. Um, but until then, remember you guys, you're the real heroes.
0: The Anatomy of the Scream, Pod Squad.